because it takes time. It, it takes time. And the earlier that you started, like the more connections you're going to have when that time comes and, mm. you know, just the better situation you're going to be in when it comes time to actually, you know, take the steps to, to get out. Welcome to the Military Bottom Line Podcast, where we learn from veterans and those currently serving how to make the most out of a military contract. We're here to motivate, inspire, and help you leverage your service to positively impact you professionally, personally, and financially during your military career and beyond. Welcome to episode 46 of the Military Bottom Line Podcast. Today on the show, I have Chris Christensen. Chris enlisted in the Marine Corps just after 9-11 and find, found himself as a disperser. And he got sent over to Iraq and was handed $500,000 in cash and was responsible for that for the duration of his deployment. Uh, Chris has pretty cool stories and ultimately used his time in the military where he wasn't sure what was next, uh, but found him taking advantage of the Marine Enlisted Commissioning Program, uh, where he basically got paid to go to school and is now finishing up his 20 years. He's got two years left of working on that transition and serves uh, to provide a lot of wisdom for both enlisted and officers as he's done them both. As a little bit of a plug, if you guys are listening to this podcast and you're still considering whether or not to join the military and you're talking to a recruiter, just let them know that you've been listening to this podcast, that Jason from Military Bottom Line sent you there and, uh, and have them reach out to me, whether it be on Instagram or YouTube, or I'd love to connect with, with them. Good morning, Chris. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great, man. I'm looking forward to this conversation. I know uh, I saw you like one simple LinkedIn post and you were talking about, you know, encouraging people to start that transition prep as early as possible. And I'm like, this this guy is like speaking my language. And so <laughs> that, that one simple post uh, led me to reach out to you and I'm stoked to hear your story. Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, grateful that you did. Like, I know we've talked about it a little bit, but so many people wait till the last minute in their career and it's, yeah. you know, transition process is not easy. So yeah. try to get ahead of it, try to get out there on LinkedIn, build that network and that brand, you know, Absolutely. well ahead of time. So just kind of smooth out the transition when the time comes. So, yeah, yeah, I know. So you're basically finishing up, uh, in, you know, two years, two, three years, your 20 year career in the Marine Corps. Um, but yeah, let's, let's kind of back it up a little bit and hear, you know, how, when, and why you joined the Marine Corps in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I was going through or high school, like a normal high school student, um, not the greatest grades. I was a little bit more focused on other stuff <laughs> aside from the schoolwork, of course. So, yeah. um, you know, I kind of knew kind of early that college wasn't going to be in the bag for me. It wasn't something I was interested in at the time. Mm. Um, and yeah, and I, I knew I just didn't want to hang around, you know, hang around my town there and just kind of, you know, dwindle away for the next few years. So where are you from? Um, originally? St. Louis, St. Louis. Okay. Yeah. St. Louis, Missouri. Yep. So, um, so I knew kind of early that I was going to go in and then, you know, I was sitting in, English class and Tuesday morning on nine 11 happened. And that kind of mm. solidified it for me. Um, I was a junior in high school at the time and pretty much that next week I went and talked to the recruiter and, um, kind of, you know, all history from there. I, yeah. um, joined the delayed entry program when I was 17. So I was in that for a little bit, um, up until I graduated from high school. So mm. I actually had to get my parents to sign off on the 
yep. the slip saying that I could go and everything. So, um, so yeah, I, I knew kind of early that the military was something that I wanted to do. Um, I, I, I guess I wouldn't say I didn't have like direction, but I just didn't know exactly what I wanted to do when I grew up. And I knew that I could either, you know, use the military as a bridge to kind of get me to where I wanted to go or, you know, yeah. make a career out of it. So was, here I am 18 years later. Yeah. Right on. Was there something, I mean, it sounds like, you know, nine eleven was kind of a, a big initiator, uh, but was there something specific that you hope to achieve or accomplish while you were in the military? You know, looking back, like I was pretty naive when I first originally um, enlisted. In the <laughs> Corps. Are, you know? yeah. Back as a 17 year old thinking I had everything planned and figured yeah. out on how my life was going to go. Yeah. So, um, you know, what I really wanted to do at the time was like go into law enforcement or mm. U.S. Marshals or something along those lines. But um, so I was going to use, you know, kind of the Marine Corps as a stepping stone to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, completely didn't work out that way, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's all worked out. Yeah. Right cool. on. So what kind of contract did you sign? Uh, did you, uh, is it an open contract? Did you have a job specifically you were looking for? Yeah, man. So, so that's a funny one. Yeah. I, um, so as I said, I went into the delayed entry program early. Mm-hmm. Um, originally I signed on to be an MP, so mm-hmm. I thought I was going to come in go be an MP. Um, so step back a little bit before I, I was supposed to leave for boot camp as soon as I graduated in June, I think it was. Yeah. Um, but I requested with the recruiter to push it back to August hmm. so that I could play baseball my, uh, my final summer there. Uh. So, and that kind of led up to this story. I was, you know, I got to MEPS in that August when I was, you know, heading off to boot camp thinking that I was going in and I had my contract as an MP and everything. But, um, you know, that day I was shipping out little did I know the recruiter didn't tell me when I shifted my date that Mm. that MP contract went away. So (laughs) they pulled me into an office like the day I'm heading out for boot camp and they're like, Hey, we need you to pick another MLS. So I'm like, Whoa, I, you know, completely blindsided. Yeah. Leaving for boot camp in a couple hours. And like, so, so I kind of was like, you know, I, I don't know. You just, go ahead and put me down for something. Cause at this point I'm, I'm not sure. Wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I ended up going an open contract and yeah, I, I, I assume, uh, sure. given 2002 timeframe, it was infantry or what they, no, it wasn't actually. No. So I went all the way through boot camp. Um, yeah. And found out after boot camp that I was going to be a uh, disperser actually. So what the heck is it? Went to the finance field. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> finance. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would not have expected that. That's, yeah. that's a pretty fortunate, uh, MOS to get via open contract. Yeah. I, I guess yeah, it kind of depends on each individual, but you know, finance is a good, good practice and good, uh, skill set to get into. Yeah, for sure. Um, like it had its ups and downs, um, definitely. But yeah, so I was, I was kind of in the same way though. I was like, what the heck is dispersing? Yeah. Like <laughs> no clue, but, um, so yeah, that's where I kind of started off my Marine Corps journey was, mm. you know, in the financial world. Yeah. And yeah, dispersing yeah. sector. That's funny. I don't think I've ever met anybody that has tried to push back their ship date. Most people are trying to move it up, but, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, if, you're, yeah. if you're an avid baseball player, I can understand that. <laughs> dude i'm from st louis it's like it's like life around true there, i so. can see the cardinals the cardinals banner behind yeah. you. <laughs> right on so uh so you know 
typical boot camp MCT MOS school. Um, you know, where where did you yeah. end up for your first duty station? Kind of like what is your career looked? You know, obviously 20, 18 years is a long time to to give us a, a glimpse of, but kind of give us an idea of what your career has provided for you. Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, so like I said, I went through MOS school, financial technician school, um, Camp Johnson, North Carolina. And then from there, I got orders straight to Camp Lejeune. Mm. Um, and this was back in 04, I guess. I got to my first duty station back in 04. Um, you know, fresh into it. Didn't really know what to expect. Yeah. And, you know, walking into dispersing, it's, I mean, it's a straight, there's no, you know, bones about it. It's like a nine to five mm. office job is pretty much what it is. Yeah. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so I did that. Um, I, I didn't want to talk about that actually a little bit. It, it, yeah. Yeah. Because sure. I, I think a lot of people, when they join the Marine Corps or any branch of the military, they don't think of office jobs. They think of like, you're always yeah. out in the dirt. You're always like playing with guns. And 100%. Yeah. You know, like it's, <laughs> it's just not really expected that like, you know, probably 80% of the Marine Corps is sitting in an office, you know? Yeah. Did that, t- did that catch you off guard? It did. Absolutely, man. Like I, it, I came in also in the height, like deployments were yeah. just nonstop, like dudes deploying to Iraq and mm-hmm. Afghanistan, things like that. And then like, here I am sitting in this office job. Like, yeah. yeah. It's definitely a, a different experience and not one that I was really expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, it had its ups and downs. There was, you know, definitely benefits to it. Um, but ultimately it was just something that I didn't see myself doing for mm-hmm. 20 years, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it had its its good parts and its bad parts. Of course. But you know, like anything. Was it and just, I can always say the grass is greener, but yeah, that's a, that's always true. Yeah. Um, you know, be, because nine eleven was a little bit of a catalyst for you, what, was it disappointing to find yourself at an office? It was, man. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, you know, back then I was young and, mm-hmm. you know, ready, to, ready go. to go out and do things, yeah. see things. And, you know, um, so yeah, definitely. Especially like I had friends that were deploying, you know, combat experience, all this stuff. And, you know, and there I was in the office. Now I did get to go. I finally uh, got a deployment to Iraq in 05. Cool. Um, so that was definitely an awesome experience. Um, even being in that MOS, like, learned a ton and, you know, got to see some things that I would have never got to see at that age. You know, yeah. being, I, uh, being uh, a disperser, <laughs> are you, uh, what, what kind of role did you partake in, uh, you know, shipping of massive pallets of cash over there for, yeah, uh, man, that was <laughs> for easing relationships definitely. to the locals. Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting to say the least. I, you know, as a corporal, I just got promoted actually when I got into country, I picked up corporal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as soon as I got there, they signed over $500,000 in straight cash to me. Wow. I was like under my name, like I had my own little safe and everything. And $500,000 um, in cash that you're responsible for. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> and it, they, they give you like in a duffel bag or they just say, this is your safe, like guard it with your life. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And like, unreal. Um, I mean, I would take different amounts to do different things. Yeah. Um, you know, whether I was paying Marines there at Camp Fallujah or the surrounding areas, you know, I would, um, I would put 20, 30,000 in my backpack and jump off on a convoy and Unreal. like go around and pay dudes. It was Unreal. pretty good experience. Yeah. So, yeah. So you, <laughs> so you were the money man. You were like, yeah, a- yeah anytime, for sure. Anytime locals were upset by something that the Marines were doing, 
you'd give it to what like a platoon sergeant or something like that or maybe an OIC. Yeah, so so different different things. Yeah, so I would um we would pay I guess they would call them condolence payments mm. to the locals. So I think it was once a week we would go um, to a little fob off of Camp Lucia and the locals like dude, they would line up from hours mm. and they would come in and it'd be like me and an SJA and I think an admin guy was in there. SJA and uh, I assume it's you know the local interpreter. Judge advocate, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Judge advocate in the military, yeah. And then an interpreter as well. Yeah. Mm. But um, you know, the Iraqi locals would come in, tell their story, you know, we blew up their car or we damaged their house, or even unfortunately, like we killed a family member mm. or something like that. Yeah. Um, and the judge would kind of make a determination mm. um right there on the spot, and then I would pay determine, you know, based off of what happened and what we did and stuff. So wow. That was interesting as well. There's only so much evidence, right? I mean, it, yeah, it's kind of yeah, like yeah, yeah, whatever definitely. their story is. Sure, here, here's yeah. money. Wow. Yeah, and again, like I, I don't know the whole legal side of it. I was just there to kind of, sure. hey, here's here's the payment. This yeah. is, you know, um, <laughs> how long did the half a million last? Oh, I, we get we got re-upped all the time. So, yeah. it's, so uh, the reason that I had so much was I would also pay um, contracts mm. to like. <laughs> crazy amounts of money that I saw like yeah. leave in that place, but it was contracts to like shipping companies, gotcha. um, construction companies, like local Iraqi companies gotcha. and stuff. I would go pay like multiple hundreds of thousand dollar contracts yeah. in one go, just in stacks wow. of hundreds. Wow. Yeah. So they're, they're not taking credit cards awesome. and checks, huh? No, 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 no. <laughs> right. On. Not at all. But, Okay. Yeah, so it was interesting. I mean, that was definitely a uh, a unique part of the job. Yeah. Um, I know things are a little bit different now and how they do things, but sure. Um, that that was one of the things I really did like about the MLS at the time was like deployed MLS was completely different um, yeah. than being back in the rear, uh, back in your like nine to five office job. So. Yeah. Yeah. So did you? I mean, did you stay in finance your whole career? So no. So. Did my first enlistment. Um, I got married also. Like, so I got to the fleet in March. I was married in July wow. as a PFC. Yeah. High school sweetheart? Or? <laughs> yeah, high school sweetheart. Right still on. married. So we've Congrats. beaten the odds so far. Yeah, that's, um, that's definitely not uh, That's not the norm. <laughs> if you get no, married in the first contract, all. usually it's uh, one of a few. <laughs> yeah, so, but, um, so yeah, that kind of leads me to, I was, you know, coming towards the end of my first contract. Um, I had gotten back from Iraq and, you know, didn't really have much to fall back on. So it was like, so like what now? Like I've gone through this time. I've kind of wasted literally like three years, you know, aside from the deployment, but why do you feel wasted? Just because I didn't take advantage of some of the opportunities that, Mm. you know, looking back that I should have, um, getting myself in financial good financial situation, mm-hmm. taking advantage of, um, educational opportunities like TA, yeah. things like that at the time. Um, so, so I wasted a lot of that time. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I was too busy, you know, brand new to the Marine Corps, learning yeah. the ropes, um, having fun on and then at the same time, <laughs> having fun on weekends. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, had a good group of friends back then that we hung out with. So, um, so priorities, honestly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got back from Iraq and, you know, realized, Hey, I, I need to figure it out. Cause like I'm married. I have somebody depending on me. Mm. 
like what's the next step? So started taking classes, um, college classes actually there on base. Like I would go at lunchtime, take okay. classes with, uh, um, with TA tuition assistance. Yeah. Yeah. With TA. Awesome. So, uh, got my foot in the door with taking college classes and realized, you know, don't really have anything to fall back on right now. So mm. I'm going to go ahead and reenlist for another four years and kind of see where it takes me. Um, my intent at the time was I wanted to go to Kansas city. I knew that they had a, a dispersing office out in Kansas city. So mm. it's closer to home. And my kind of with the idea that I would go out there, finish my degree and then kind of transition from there yeah. closer to home and everything. So um, so yeah, I reenlisted with the incentive to go out to Kansas city and cool. got that. Um, so I just want to clarify for any listeners, the incentive. Yeah. So basically you said, I will reenlist if Kansas city will be my duty station. Yeah. And they, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, got to go out to Kansas city, which was awesome. Um, went out there and I was doing school kind of full time at night. Uh, I would go, it, that was one good thing about, you know, being in the finance yeah. MOS, like it was pretty set schedule. Like yeah. we knew we work in nine to five. There was no field time, stuff yeah. like that in the evenings that would prevent me from going to school. Yeah. Um, so went to school at night, ended up getting my associates and, uh, yeah, it was very beneficial to go out there. Cool. Um, cool. And then kind of from there, like that's where, the next step came in that I was coming to the end of that second enlistment. Um, it kind of been through school and I, I really had to make the decision there. I'm like, is this something that I want to do mm. going forward? Cause if I, you know, did another reenlistment that takes me to 12 years and yeah. you know, it goes quick, yeah. man. Like you don't think <laughs> about it while you're in, but it, it, it really does go quick. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I made the decision there. Like, dispersing really wasn't something that I wanted to do for 20 years. I mm. did not see myself doing that for 20 years. Mm. Um, and I knew if I stayed in, I wanted something with a little bit more responsibility. Like I wanted to be able to make kind of a bigger impact mm. than just me being a, a sergeant, um, you know, leading Marines or staff sergeant. Yeah. So, um, so I made the decision, like I'll put in a MESA package and, and kind of see what happens, which is the Marine enlisted commissioning education program. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I took a shot at that and fortunately I ended up getting it my first time going through. So, cool. uh, and, and I mean, you kind of knew like that opportunity became more available to you because you first took the opportunity of TA like, a couple years back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like these opportunities almost like built on one another where it's like you, did, did. you took advantage and then another door opened because if you never started TA, then the MESEP opportunity would never really exist for you because there's so, you have to complete so many courses before you're eligible, right? So you do now. Back when I was in, um, we didn't have that requirement. Oh, okay. uh, when I, when I uh, you know, try to get accepted to the program, that yeah. wasn't really a requirement. So, um, but it was, de- it was like, uh, one of the factors of getting selected was like, you can prove that you can take college courses yeah. and, and be successful in it. Yeah. Um, so I was fortunate. I, you know, one of my corporals had gone through the program a couple of years prior and then yeah. one of my good friends um, after that. So I was fortunate enough to know about the program. Like a lot of Marines don't know about the MESEP program yeah. and like, dude, it's a hidden gem of the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> 
it was amazing. Yeah. So um, speak, I've, I've had one guest that did it before, but speak on it a little bit again, uh, as far as like, what is the agreement and what, what's the opportunity exactly? Yeah. So, so basically what it is, is the Marine Corps pretty much sent me to be a college student for three years. Um, still time in service. I got paid as my rank at the time. Once I got there, I was a staff sergeant. So I was getting paid as a staff sergeant. And basically my job was to go to school, get my degree. Um, and then upon completing your degree, of course, there's other requirements, OCS, um, things like that. But yeah. um, upon getting your degree, you get commissioned as a uh, second lieutenant. So awesome. It, yeah, it's, it's a great program. Great so you, program. You got paid full time to go to school full time. Yeah, man. And then they gave you a raise when you finished. <laughs> and then they gave you a raise. Yeah. Yeah. Unreal. Did you get to pick your school? You do. Yeah. So, so the school has to be affiliated with an NROTC program because mm-hmm. that's who you kind of fall under yeah. is the, uh, the Marines that are in charge of that program. So it doesn't have to be directly that NROTC program. It can be a sister school, like in the vicinity mm. of a larger school that has a program. Okay. But, but yeah, you're affiliated with the NROTC while you're there. So like a lot of what happens is the midshipmen that are there going, um, they're the ones that are going kind of straight into college and then to whatever service to be an officer. Yeah. Um, so they'll go through a lot of like the leadership uh, billets and stuff within the command. And your job is like while you're going through school is to kind of be a mentor to the midshipmen, mm-hmm. uh, provide them guidance and stuff on cool. leadership, things like that. But cool. Did you, and within that, I mean, I know a lot of people that do MESEP, they kind of, because you, you kind of have to finish your degree in three years, right? Like that is, you have three years to finish yeah. it. So it's a little bit yeah, difficult. It's, basically three years. it's a little bit difficult to do some crazy STEM program where, you know, those are like four to five years. Did you feel like you were limited in your uh, major choices because of that timeline? Not really. Um, I knew kind of what I wanted to get my degree in and my associates kind of set me up to where I would be fine, you know, pursuing that degree. Um, I I know guys that have pursued, you know, like engineering degrees and Mm. stuff within the program. Mm. They were able to do it. Like, of course they had to work their ass off, but, um, they, they were able to accomplish it. Like it, there's no limits to, you know, what degree you can get. Mm. So as long as you can make it happen, you can, Keep the grades, you're good. Yeah. What uh, what did what program did you do? Did you end up doing? So funny or not, funny enough, I did um, personal financial management. So, no kidding. Um, because they took a bunch of credits a little bit from different your work than history. What, not really. So, so I've always been kind of interested in finance. Mm-hmm. Um, Marine Corps finance, something completely different than <laughs> yes. the personal financial management. Yeah. Which is, nobody, nobody yeah. in the civilian world so, is going to give you half a million dollars to go hand out as part of your, <laughs> your no, financial no, job. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> so my degree is more based off of like financial advising, um, planning, budgeting, you know, real estate, that type of stuff. So Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Um, so what does the contrast look like for you from enlisted to officer? I mean, is was that as smooth as you hoped it would be? And what does that look like? Yeah. You know, for me, yeah, it wasn't that bad. I, um, it's, it's definitely a difference. 
like more things fall on you, obviously, mm-hmm. as as the officer, the one in charge of, you know, um, whatever it is that you do, whatever MLS, like yeah. there's a lot of responsibilities on your shoulder as an officer, like in the enlisted ranks, it was, Hey, be here, do this, you know? And yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you did it. You did your job. You did it well. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, I mean, you were told when, when to be somewhere, what to do when you were done, like, yeah. um, a lot of your life was dictated for you. Mm. Um, and as an officer, it's kind of, you're the one that is kind of driving that train. Mm. Um, so you have a little bit more flexibility in how things get accomplished, but with that flexibility also comes a lot more of the, the burden of the, yeah. you yeah. know, the responsibility, you know, it's so, funny. What One of the sayings is that, so, you know, like enlisted actually work for a living, <laughs> but I've had friends yeah, yeah. that I've done the program, ESA <laughs> program. They're like, I worked way harder as an officer than I did as enlisted. Um, yeah, man, it's it's a lot of times a different kind of work, but yeah. man, yeah. the work is definitely the workload is definitely not less as an officer. I'll mm. say that. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Did you feel? I don't know. I feel like some people might think of like leaving the enlisted for the officer as like almost like betraying the enlisted you know was there any kind of like sorry guys i'm i'm switching over like i'll i'll see you when i'm your boss on the other side type thing or (laughs) not really man like i so my story is kind of night and day because i went from living that you know finance Mm. nine to five office job to combat arms mls as an artillery officer so my oh interesting so it's like night and day from what i did yeah so artillery um, So I never really had that. Yeah. So at the end of MESEP, did they just say, okay, you're going to go be an artillery officer? Or how how did that transition? Did you ask for that? No, no. So so the way it works is um, once you get commissioned, you go off to TBS for six months. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's where you receive your MLSs at TBS. Uh, There's a couple different ways that they do it. Um, You can have, you know, a flight contract going into TBS. Or you can, towards the end of TBS is where they start like racking and stacking individuals and mm. and kind of dishing out MOSs from there. So my um, my platoon commander in at TBS was an artillery officer. TBS, um, remind me what TBS that guy. stands for. No, sorry, the basic school, the basic school. The, so okay. yeah, that's that's like the entry level school that all officers go to. Okay. So out of OCS, then you have TBS, and then you go to MOS school, and then you go to the fleet. So it's a long road. Um, yeah, it's a long road, man. But um, so yeah, that's where. So you so you can make like recommendations or like a wish list mm. per se of like your top MOSs. Basically, they give you every MOS in the Marine Corps, and you have to rank them from like one to thirty or whatever it wow. is. And then from there, I don't, I don't know how they do their, their magic and their draft, but Mm -hmm. they figure out which MLS to give everybody. And yeah, I was fortunate enough to get my number one choice coming out of there, which was artillery. So cool. Cool. That's a, yeah, that's quite the contrast going from like office job to, I mean, guess as an (laughs) officer, it's still maybe a little bit more office centric, but uh, you know, to to the combat MOS. Absolutely. man. like, like I said, I had been to the field probably, you know, aside from the Iraq deployment, 
maybe sure. one time in, yeah. in seven years as yeah. a disperser. And <laughs> like now I'm in the field constantly awesome. as an artillery dude. So yeah. Yeah. How, how would that play out with, with your family? I mean, they've been very used to you having a pretty cush schedule <laughs> for 12 years. And then all yeah, of a sudden yeah, you get sure. thrown into the field like every weekend, you know, uh, how did that, how'd you balance that? It's, it's been difficult. I'm not going to lie. It was, yeah. um, you know, my, my wife was very used to, you know, life as a disperser mm-hmm. for me, um, a set schedule and things like that. And then, um, you know, once I became an officer and came into this MOS, it was deployments back to back field time all the time. Like basically we're rolling, we go to the field, we come back, do maintenance for a week, do prep for a week and then go back to the field. So it's, yeah. it's, you know, we do a lot of field time in artillery and it's, it's definitely been a, um, an adjustment I would say mm. for the, for the family. Um, you know, my, my wife, I love her to death. So like, she still gives me crap about it. Uh, but I mean, she's, she's a trooper, man. Like, like I said, we've been married the, my entire time in the Marine Corps. Yeah, so, that's huge. um, yeah, she, she's an absolute trooper yeah. strong. Cause you know, we had our kids, we actually had both kids while I was out at MESEP. Mm. Um, so really the artillery, me going to the field, back to the field deployments and stuff. That's all my kids have known really. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, the wife and family super, super strong. And like, without that support system here, like yeah. it'd be impossible to do what I do. Like, yeah. 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 No doubt. Can't imagine. Huh? So, uh, so basically you've, you almost like restarted your career in essence as an officer. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Did you, did it feel that way? Did you feel like you were basically, you know, a, a PFC boot again, trying to figure out how this <laughs> yeah, all works man. or definitely like once you get commissioned and come back to the fleet, it's like, especially with the transition that I did, but yeah. again, from job to job, yeah. um, completely new, completely new experience. Um, and again, starting right at the bottom. So mm-hmm. like went from being a staff NCO to where, you know, people answering to me and like, yeah. um, you know, actually having some leadership, some Marines under me and stuff. And then bam, back to yeah. <laughs> second Lieutenant and, mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> starting right at the bottom of those ranks. But, yeah. What kind uh, of, what kind of, what kind of advice would you give to somebody that is going from like a, you know, mid-level management back to, I, I know some people would argue that being a, you know, lieutenant's not the bottom, but it, you know, yeah, nobody yeah. likes a butter bar. <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah, what kind sure. of, what kind of <laughs> advice would you give to somebody that's uh, maybe making that transition? Dude, you have to like humble yourself, honestly, like, um, have to humble yourself and you have to be willing to take advice, um, for sure. Cause you can't come into a new position, a new role, a new experience, thinking that, you know, everything mm. just based off of your past experiences. Cause it's not the case. Yeah. Um, you know, we transition a lot in the military from job to billet. Um, and, and if I come in thinking that I know everything, like, yeah, that's not going to get you anywhere. So you have to humble yourself. You have to, um, learn quickly, Mm. adapt quickly. Um, but yeah, I would say that's the biggest thing Mm. is is stay humble, learn your job, get help from those around you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Be willing to grow where you're planted as they say. Mm. So, yeah, I know the, I know the culture between ground side and 
not ground side <laughs> is pretty different. And so like to, 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 to go in there and immediately I just, I just envisioned like all the young enlisted, like who's this new butter bar, you know, old guy <laughs> that's like here and tell us what to do now. Uh, I imagine that's a, that's a, you know, pretty big, like, you know, change and, and, you know, you got, you want to earn their trust and their respect um, without, yeah. without like ruining their life, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely. I kind of play it. I kind of like to play it kind of close to the chest. So, mm. you know, I don't talk about, you know, being prior enlisted and stuff sure. too often. Yeah. Um, unless for whatever reason I have to check in with my uniform on and I got a good conduct and dudes mm. really don't know. So, yeah. um, and I was fortunate as soon as I got to the fleet as an artillery officer, like I went straight into, um, to be a fire support officer for a company, um, an infantry company over the two eight. So, um, it was still just a small team that I was in charge of. And, you know, it, it was an interesting time. But So what is, what explain what a fire support officer is a little bit. Yeah. So, um, I'll back up just a little bit. So in artillery, there's like multiple avenues that you can go. Um, you can be a fire support officer, which is, they are in charge of, they're basically the eyes. So they're in charge of the, the observers that are your eyes mm. for artillery. So they're the ones that are up on the hill, um, you know, calling in artillery. So as a fire support officer, you're in charge of those guys. Gotcha. Um, and the way that it works is they'll attach you to um, an infantry company. So in my case, I was attached to weapons company, 2nd Battalion, 8th Marines um, for my FSO time. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other routes that you can go, if you go straight into like artillery battalion life, they'll send you to a battery. And from there, I mean, you can be fire direction officer, platoon commander in a battery, um, up to an XO of a battery. So, gotcha. so yeah, there's a bunch of different ways that you can go as a lieutenant in artillery. Were you, were you happy with where you ended up? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's what I wanted to do as an artillery officer. Cool. Um, I've always enjoyed the fire support aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause there's a big, big difference between like fire support or gunnery. Okay. Um, big difference. Gotcha. So I enjoyed it. Usually they'll try to send you to both as an artillery, like Lieutenant. Mm-hmm. So you'll do some time as an FSO and then you'll also do time in a battery, you know, did, getting that experience as well. Did TBS, teach you what these differences were or like, how did you know? Cause I mean, I, you know, I, I know nothing about artillery. So it's like, if somebody were to tell me to pick a job out of these three, I'd be like, you know, any, meeny, money, mo. <laughs> so how did you yeah, have this baseline yeah. understanding? So short answer, no TBS did not okay. dis- distinguish those differences. Really. Um, TBS is like a shotgun blast of, you know, they'll give you a glimpse of this MOS, a glimpse of this MOS, a glimpse of this MOS. Yeah. Um, you don't really know those distinct differences until we get to artillery school, mm. which is another six month school. Wow. And, um, you know, at that school, that's where they do. It's basically two courses. So you have a fire support course and gunnery course mm. um, all, all in one school. So you're learning the entirety of artillery. So it's definitely a difficult school. It's not an easy school. Mm. Um, but, that, but that's where you kind of learn the differences. And then once you actually get to your battalion, that's kind of where they put you in whatever billet is available at the time. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And you just made me think when you said that's another six month school, 
I mean, that is between MESEP, OCS, TBS, artillery school. I mean, that's like, what, five, six years of schooling? Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, so just stepping back, I, so I got accepted to the program December Hmm. um, of 2009, I want to say. I was slated to go to college in August of 2010. So finished up kind of at my, um, at my duty station, they send me to a MESEP prep school, which they don't do anymore. So that school was, I think two months long, the summer leading up to college. And it's just like learn how to be a student again or what? Yeah. Yeah. It was a pretty cool school. Actually, I was out in Quantico, Virginia. Um, and it was a bunch of, like retired lieutenant colonels and stuff that were the Mm. professors and they would teach actual college courses. And it was just kind of a prep to get your mind into taking college courses Yeah, is basically what it was. So I went to that, then went to school for three years. And during that time is when I went to OCS again, it's different now. Now you go to OCS prior to going to college um, in the program, but yeah. And then commissioned in 2013 of May, Went to TBS from May to, I'm sorry, from August to February of 14. Mm. Went to six months of artillery school during 2014. Yeah. And then finally got to the fleet in like October of 14. So. Yeah. It, dude, it's, it's just crazy. It's a long process. It is a long process. And it's almost like, dude, you could be, yeah. almost, you could be a doctor by now. <laughs> but I think, the, like the, yeah, I think what a lot of people might miss about it is that you're in, you know, you're accumulating time and service that entire time. You're still, you know, yeah. building that career. You're getting paid. So it's not like you're putting life on hold <laughs> to go to school. Like it, that is, no, life. No. that is your career. Uh, and I think that's one yeah. of the most like incredible opportunities to be able to um, continue your career annoying. and continue getting paid like good money to, yeah. to pursue education. I pushed it on a lot of dudes. Like I, it's something that I, you know, I wouldn't be where I am right now without this program. Like, like I said, it's a hidden gem. And, you know, if Marines are even vaguely considering it, like I highly, highly suggest it. And I try to get them on the right track to set themselves up to where they can pursue that option if they want it to. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're, you're, you know, two years out from retirement. Are you, uh, you looking for 20 years in one day to, to retire or (laughs) how, how eager? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've been in this for a while now and I, um, so I'll say as in the officer ranks, like once you get to like major and mm. stuff, like jobs don't get great, honestly. <laughs> like it's, it's a man, it's a grind a lot, yeah. you know, doing a lot of the administrative work, you know, the field grade jobs. Yeah. So, so really the the captain time is like, the highlight of it mm. um, before you start getting into more staff billets and stuff. So, yeah. so I, I'm at that point, like, you know, um, I got two more years left and, you know, I'm ready to kind of see what's out there in the real world after this. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you're, you know, you're trying to encourage people to start, um, start preparing for that transition early. So like, as you're, yeah. as you're living those steps right now, I mean, what kind of, what kind of steps are you taking to, start that transition two years out. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's a lot, as you know. Yeah. Um, Transition process is not easy. It's really not. And I would say that the the TRS, while it is great, Mm. it's, it's, 
I don't, I don't know if it does enough. I'm, I haven't gone through it personally, yep. but just from people that I've talked to and stuff, I don't know if it does enough in the short amount of time, you know, leading up to it that, mm. that most Marines tend to, to go to TRS, uh, which is the transition readiness seminar. Mm-hmm. So it was stressed to me, like start early. Yeah. Um, you know, and I know I'm in artillery that doesn't transition well to the civilian <laughs> world. Like <laughs> there's no places to shoot cannons out in the civilian world. So, yeah. so I knew I had to get ahead of it. Yeah. Um, so I started attending webinars actually through LinkedIn. Um, you know, I was on there, saw a webinar, uh, through USO transitions. Mm. Um, and it was a mastering LinkedIn webinar and it was, you know, it kind of opened my eyes to like, Hey, like the networking process, the mm. building your personal brand, like that stuff needs to start early. Yeah. Um, yeah. cause it takes time. It, it takes time. And the earlier that you start it, like the more connections you're going to have when that time comes and, mm. you know, just the better situation you're going to be in when it comes time to actually, you know, take the steps to, to get out. Yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned personal brand and I yeah. think that, you know, that's kind of like a newer concept to me. And, you know, it took me a while. I was like, what the heck is a personal brand? Yeah. Uh, yeah. If, from your perspective and, you know, your experience and as you're trying to, to develop that, like what, what is a personal brand and why should somebody be maybe focusing on it? Yeah. So I'm still new to the process as well, man. So yeah. I'm still learning the ropes with it. Um, but to me, like building a personal brand. So I want to, right now, my intent is to transition into the financial sector somewhere. Okay. So for me, building that brand is, you know, building kind of credibility mm. around my knowledge of the financial world. Mm. Um, basically building your personal brand is how others perceive you. Yeah. Like whatever it is, like if you're into, you know, I don't know, mechanics or data, whatever it is, it's like building how others perceive, you know, mm. your ability to do whatever it is that you do. So, yeah. Well said. I don't, I don't, I would have done it differently. Cause like, I, I know what, yeah. I know like what it is and what I need to do to do it, but I, don't, I wouldn't know how to explain it. So I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And again, I'm, I'm still new to it. Um, yeah. but it's definitely something I'm trying to start early, learn uh-huh. as much about as possible. Yeah. So good deal. Um, I like to, you know, kind of like wrap it up with a lot of the similar questions to give people, uh, you know, some kind of baseline of understanding of just like military concept as a whole. Um, and I know like throughout your 20 years, you, I'm sure you've gone a lot of places. And so I'm always yeah, curious, you know, favorite place that the military sent you versus least favorite place. Yeah. And, you know, I got to say something like before yeah. I get into that part, I was going back through your podcast mm-hmm. and a couple months ago, you actually had one of my Marines from one of my um, no old units on. Yeah. Jordan DeLizzo was, was amazing amazing no marine dude. i love him yeah dude, yeah i um, love that guy man he was yeah super down to earth that is that yeah. and, and this is a really good representation yeah. of like how small the military is and you're you know how quickly you yeah. come across somebody that you've you already know and so like maintaining those yeah, relationships crazy, and networks man. is is awesome that's awesome yeah man. and like i said i just came across him and it brought it to my mind because mm. uh we did a deployment to afghanistan together and mm. it was uh yeah, I love that guy. I mean, so he's he's yeah. awesome. So I'd awesome. definitely say that was one of the 
the highlights of my time in right now is that deployment, the camaraderie that we built mm. um, within that team at the time. So, mm. um, but yeah, like you said, man, I've Marine Corps sent me a lot of places. I was fortunate enough to do some, some pretty awesome deployments as far as like black sea rotational force, which was all over Europe. Yeah. Uh, multiple times I did that. So cool. I've been to Norway, Latvia, Bulgaria, Romania, like wow. all these awesome countries, yeah. but I would say probably Norway tops the list. Mm. Like I love that country. Hmm. I've heard great things. I mean, obviously yeah. it's a very uh, photogenic country, but oh, yeah, uh, it's gorgeous. yeah I, it's, I haven't been yet. So I'll, I'll put it on the bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say for, uh, for least favorite, whether, whether it be a duty station or, or a deployment? Oh man, least favorite. So I loved the Quantico area, mm. but I would never live there because of the traffic, man. Like <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. awful up there. But um so I'd probably say that. Yeah. Um I mean of course I've I've been places that were not great. You sure. know, Kuwait. I would never want to go back to Kuwait <laughs> for any reason, but yeah. Um so yeah. Right on. Okay. What about uh, you know, to show the spectrum of, of days. Cause I, you know, a lot of people when they're joining, they're like, you know, what's a good day versus a bad day. And you know, they, yeah. you're always going to have bad days, no matter what job you're in. Um, yeah, absolutely. but like, what does that spectrum look like? What, like, what's a highlight day that you're like, man, I can't believe I'm getting paid to do this versus like, gosh, <laughs> like they don't pay me enough to do this. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, I've been fortunate to do some, some pretty cool things yeah. in the military, whether that's like, uh, JTAC, Coxman's course, mm. um, deployments, um, getting to travel, like, like again, back to the B surf deployments, yeah. like getting paid pretty much yeah. to travel around Europe to yeah. see these different locations and work with foreign militaries. Like mm. that was, that was an unbelievable experience. Yeah. Um, so yeah, some, definitely some cool places, some cool schools that I got to do. Uh, definitely the highlights. Um, and then the people, honestly, like mm. <laughs> to working with some of the, like the best people yeah. ever, yeah. um, in the military. And that's been a constant, like mm. throughout 18 years, like the people have been amazing to work next to you. Like, yeah. and then I would say like some of the bad days, um, I mean, of course the, the deployment times being sure. away, things like that, but, and then honestly, like just the, the daily grind of just like, the monotony sometimes mm. when, when we're in these cycles that you're not really working up towards a deployment, like mm -hmm. it can, it can get pretty monotonous. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just the, that's, that's really interesting. Cause I, like, I, I like the military for the, the in inevitable change that it, it offers, you know, like yeah, your job, like you do one thing one day and another thing the other day and like on, on a macro scale, but on, yeah. a, on a micro scale, there is still a lot of monotony, you know, <laughs> that, can, that can definitely get under your skin. Um, but I think it still offers a lot more change than, you know, a typical career that, I, yeah. that I've seen at least. But. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's a big difference too. Like, like I said, if you're in an actual workup cycle for something, it's a big difference than typical garrison life where you're just doing admin work and things yeah. like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Waiting, waiting for that next workup. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it. it. Do you have any, you know, closing wisdom that you give to, you know, either an enlisted or an officer uh, that's kind of pursuing and maybe starting out their career? Man, words of wisdom. I would say 
biggest thing is take control of your like own career. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's going to look out for you. Like you're going to look out for yourself. Yeah. So whether that's, you know, get into the courses that you want to get to get into the duty stations that you want to get to like bust your ass, like be a good dude or do that. And yeah. like, um, and fight for it, you know, yeah. fight to get to where you want to go fight to get to the courses that you want to get to. And like I said, just, just take charge of your own career. Cause <clears throat> you got to look out for yourself, take yeah. advantage of the opportunities and, and take charge of your own career. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was thinking about that earlier today, actually that like, while people steered you in the direction of MESEP and like maybe TA, they didn't sign you up for it. You know, like they just said, Hey, this is a great opportunity. And then you did all the leg, leg work to make it happen. You know? So yeah. don't like, you shouldn't even expect somebody to tell you about the great opportunities. <laughs> you know, you have to go find them yeah, and, sure. and make it happen. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it, yeah, if you want, if you want something unique, then you have to go find it and look for it and make it happen. So yeah, absolutely. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you uh, sharing your story and I, I wish you the best in these last two years and hopefully you find yourself exactly where you want after the transition because I know it's going to be yeah, man. a wild ride for you. <laughs> it will be. Yeah, I got a lot of work ahead, but um, looking forward to it. And I definitely appreciate you having me out here and kind of what you do for, you know, those looking to, to get into the military. So absolutely pleasure being here. Thank you for having me for sure. Thanks so much, man. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Chris. Like I said, he's uh, kind of been through it all from the the desk job to the uh, combat MOS, and he's you know really enjoyed his career thus far and taken advantage of every opportunity that he's uh, come across. And so I hope that serves as a an example and an inspiration for you to find those opportunities and take advantage of those opportunities. I hope you guys are doing well, and I will see you guys next week.